You know I'm gonna get you, yeah, whatever it takes to. We are closing in, ladies and gentlemen, on the best month of the year, March. Now, if there, if you want to know why March is the best month of the year, well, it is the month where I most certainly lose the most money gambling. It is the month of the year where there is no productivity done by literally anybody. And it is the March, the month of the year. I was going to say the March of the year. It is the month of the year when I get to sit on my ass and watch college basketball until my eyes bleed. And we will be talking college basketball on today's program. We'll be talking some NBA on today's program. Jake is in the morning talking about NBA since the dawn of the dinosaurs. And here we are. Welcome to the Basement Talk podcast. Bird, Jake. Jake, how are we? Uh, happy, uh, what's today? Tuesday? Happy Tuesday. Uh, the worst day of the week. You're just kind of in that in-between phase, but yeah. happy to be here with you as always. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're kind of, I mean, you know how most people, most people are are off this week. A lot of people took vacation this week. A lot of people are, you know, enjoying their lives this week. Well, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm, Man, working. No. I'm working. <laughs> I, I have to work. <laughs> and I work way longer than I want to be. But here I am. You good otherwise? Yeah, man. Can't complain. Good. Good. So, as previously mentioned, talking some March Madness. We'll get to that in just a little while. Then, of course, some NBA. Jake had a brilliant idea for a new segment, which we'll be debuting at the end of the show. So, stay tuned for that. Like I said, that is a Jake creation, not mine. Full credit goes to Jake on that one. But first, my creation what we do every single episode on the basement talk podcast death taxes jake what's your deep sleeper of the week sir i actually want you to go first you want me to I, go first okay I, I have like a little bit of a uh, a topic to kind of like you'll 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 see what i'm talking about you, you go first okay so my my deep sleeper of the week major league baseball owners and the major league players association well, um, where to really begin with this one? They are just going back and forth. As, as for, for okay, so let's just start very basic for those who are living under a rock. The Major League Baseball owners and the Players Association are currently at odds over a new collective bargaining agreement. As things stand, there is going to be no baseball in the year of our Lord 2022. Where things stand right now, you have the owners that are basically on one side of the tracks and then you have the players that are on the complete other side of the tracks with no nobody wanting to even try and bridge the gap the owners have tried to do it a little bit but it's still way off from what the players are asking and it just does not seem like there is any sort of compromise in sight from what i understand they had a meeting uh last week which lasted 15 minutes so that just goes to show you just how fruitful these discussions have been in trying to get uh baseball back up and running And i know jake did want to talk about some baseball which is very fitting because i was going to bring up these discussions and say what a farce they all are but uh jake your your thoughts about what has transpired with uh with the sport that we that we love so dearly it just doesn't look like that either side is too anxious 
for baseball to start on time. It just seems like one of those things where if it happens, great. If not, we're not losing sleep over it. We'll figure it out. We've done it before with the shortened season. We could do it again one more time just to make sure that we don't feel like we got – because with these negotiations, both parties are not always happy with how they end. Let's be fair here. They're not They're not reaching a fair agreement here. It's just one side isn't getting skimped as badly as they would like. You see what I'm saying here? They're still yeah. not – no one gets what they want all the time in these negotiations. So um, for right now, we just need to be patient. Monday is the deadline. There's no way, in my opinion, they will be reaching a deal by Monday. The regular season will be delayed, which I don't think it's the end of the world for baseball fans because I've always been a big advocate of make the regular season shorter particularly, I think, personally, I, I have a couple of radical ideas for, for baseball, but just for starters, I just think April baseball is a waste of time, to be quite honest with you, especially sure. these teams playing in colder weather. No one wants to be there. The players don't want to play in the East Coast in 40-degree weather in April. There's no reason for that. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. There's no, there, there's no reason. And I, I mean, I could tell you right now, I think one of the biggest problems with with baseball as it is and they they've tried to make it a bit better over the years with you know making the games go quicker with the pitch clocks and, and, and things like that but i know one of the biggest problems that currently plagues baseball as it is is yeah you have your hardcores that are going to watch baseball you know regardless and and you know that's not going to change but major league baseball as an entity is not worried about the hardcores that are going to watch their teams every single game where major league baseball is struggling is they're looking for the casual. They're looking for the younger generation that, you know, to to be quite honest, the younger generation is not watching baseball. Like they're turning to with the NBA, like they're turning to with the NFL, you know, most, most people, and especially, especially younger kids now, they're not going to sit on their couch for three hours in the dog day of July, June, even even May, and watch watch a full baseball game. It's just not going to happen because you have May, you have NHL playoffs, you have NBA playoffs. June, you have the finals, you have Stanley Cup finals, and then you have July, August, which is – you know, summer for most people and, you know, they're out and about doing their thing and they're not really around to sit down and watch three hours of baseball for the most part. And then you get to September and we're back at football. And most people, you know, when you're weighing it up, most people are going to watch football and the numbers show it football over baseball. So the major league baseball right now, they, they, they have, they have a problem that I don't know. I don't know how you fix it necessarily. I guess one of the ways that you do fix it is like is what Jake said, make the schedule shorter while putting more of an an importance on each individual game, I guess. But the but they face the real problem of their their they have a good problem in terms of the only thing on in July, August for most people. But then the problem is that it's also July, August, and most people are not, you know, giving up their summer nights to watch a baseball game for the most well, part. You know, I think they would watch if the games actually meant something and to make the games more meaningful. If you shorten the season, April and May won't feel like glorified spring training scrimmages. Absolutely. That, that's for starters. So I feel like 
a lot of people start really watching baseball religiously. I get it that football starts, but around that end of July, it seems like kind of 4th of July is when the season kind of starts for a lot of hardcore baseball. Not hardcore fans, but the more of the casual fan, the person that watches here and there. I feel like they really start getting into baseball 4th of July, right? You have 4th of July weekend. You have the Yankees on, whoever you're a fan of, and you get together with people and you you probably watch the game or listen to the game or you, you, you're aware of the baseball score of whichever team is your favorite team on the 4th of July. And then from there, it kind of sticks with you and you start following it a little bit more as the weeks and days go on. And so that's why I think that would I really be devastated if the season started in June? No, because then the games will be more meaningful. More people will watch. And to be honest with you, I even, I got killed for this. I said, I don't even know if I'd be heartbroken if they made them seven inning games, to be honest with you. I, I don't think I'd be heartbroken as the fan. Yeah, you're definitely challenging the, uh, the more conservative baseball fan, but yeah. it's not, listen, it's not a radical. It's not too radical of an idea because if, if major league baseball is trying to make the game more appealing to the casuals, which is, you know, what we're just kind of talking about here, then, then, then yeah. Yeah. That is how you do it. You basically are going to cut the game time by, by an hour. And the commitment of someone to sit on their couch for two hours to watch a game versus three, three and a half, which is what it normally is for a nine inning game. Some people are going to say, you know what, that that does become more appealing because guess what? So yeah. you first pitch is usually what? 707. And it should be six have, o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. S- say six o'clock, ideally 707, what it really is. Two hour game. You know, the game's done by 930. Most people will be able to say, okay, I watch the Yankees. I can go out with my friends. I can go to the bars. I can go here. I can go there. I can talk about the game with my friends, have a grand old time. I watch baseball tonight. Everybody wins. And even going to the game becomes more appealing because it just doesn't kill your whole next day. You go to a game now, particularly like a Yankee Red Sox game is like a four to five hour game every single time. It's ridiculous. It's just. Going to that, and then like let's just say let's just say it's a Sunday night baseball game at eight o'clock Eastern time. You're not getting home if you live where we live, Long Island, until like two o'clock in the morning. Absolutely. And then you have work. And then you have work on Monday. Like who, it, as opposed to if the game was shorter, you can kind of justify going because hey, you know I won't be getting home at an unreasonable hour. I can go have a good time. I won't be sitting there in the seventh inning going, God, this is taking forever. I, pl- I just want to go home because the fan in you is like, ah, but I can't leave early. I paid ticket. I paid money to go to the game. We need to stick it out. So it's just, it's tricky. I'm not, I'm not saying they should change it, but would I be devastated? No. And, and listen, man, and you, I, I'm a pretty hardcore baseball fan too. I played it my whole life and yeah. you know, I played it collegiately too. And I, I got to admit, even playing baseball, I, it gets boring sometimes, man. Like it really does. Like yeah, for sure, it does. And watching it is getting harder for me as I get older. I mean, is it is it when we're talking about the major sports? I mean, I'm a hockey guy. You're not a hockey guy, so we'll discount hockey then. But when it comes down to when we stack baseball up against football and against basketball, I don't think it's too radical to say that baseball is a distant third behind basketball and, and, and football distant B- beyond distant. Yeah. And that's, I mean, we good. talk about that. 
10, 15 years ago, that that's crazy. And they have a commissioner that really doesn't love baseball either, where he really couldn't get, he does nothing to really push the envelope to make baseball more well-known. Like for instance, the best player in this generation, Mike Trout, there are people that, that don't even know he's a real person. Whereas yeah. even if you don't watch basketball, you know exactly who the hell LeBron James is. You know Absolutely. exactly who who Kobe was, who KD mm-hmm. is, who uh, all these Tom Brady players. is. Tom, well, of course, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, yeah, all those guys. So yeah, it's, it's it's true, and I think with 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 Manfred, his downfall is that he's he's a business guy. That, that's that's not what a baseball guy. No, he's not a he's not a baseball guy. He he is a he is an elite manager of an organization. The organization being Major League Baseball. The, a manager of a company, which is Major League Baseball. He is not the kind of guy that wants to, for as much as he says this is a prerogative of his, he's not the guy that is going to single-handedly go out and globalize baseball by himself. Whereas maybe, you know, I, I'm not going to say Goodell does it, but Goodell at least shows, you know, the initiative to go out and do it, which he's done with the, London. The, with the London games and now with what he's going to do with the game in, in Munich come uh, the 2022 they, season. Pretty sure they went to New Mexico City, too. At one yeah, point. they went to Mexico City. That was the um, uh, was it the Chiefs and the Raiders? Raiders. I know the Raiders played. Yeah, I think it was but, the game. It was the game where everyone was bitching and complaining about about the uh, about the turf or grass, I'm, whatever the fuck it was. I'm not familiar with Goodell's background, to be quite honest with you. But I know Adam Silver is kind of that legal background. Yes. Where he wasn't that, you know, face of a company. He doesn't know how to you see what I'm saying. It's a little bit different. So he kind of sides a little bit more with people yeah. rather than the overall big picture of things. But I just think Manfred just doesn't like baseball. Honestly, it's Mm-mm. just it's really sad and disheartening to see because the, it's got a lot of potential because you look at our lives with every sport where football, you think Tom Brady, Peyton Manning in our lives. Basketball, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant. With baseball, LeBron James, Kobe of, Bryant, for some. Oh, it's Kevin. Okay, listen. More so, this the younger crowd, KD. The younger crowd. I'm I'm talking like the teen. Listen, I I would say see, for the for the younger crowd, I'd probably say Curry over KD, but to each their own. Each you get the point. But whereas with baseball, it's kind of like you have to debate who the face of baseball is. You see what I'm saying? You yeah. have to. And I mean, you know, people will say it, the best player in the game, like like, like you just said, best player not in the, the game is baseball. Trout, but he's not the face of baseball. I mean, probably, I mean, if I had to pick a face of baseball, and this is just all all bias aside, probably the face of baseball, maybe is, is, is Judge, maybe? Maybe. I would say right now it's more Fernando Tatis. I think he's kind of the guy that the younger generation, it, it was Bryce Harper at one point. I, I even think, think Otani. No, uh I would say Tatis. Tatis, yeah, Tatis I could see. I think maybe Otani is more of like the international international guy that they're I, trying to I would say I would say Tatis right now, man. Yeah, I don't I, I, say, don't, I don't I'm not gonna discount that. I mean Tatis he's got Tatis that flashy is great. type of swagger yeah. that the younger crowd kind of The only the only reason why I think I kinda I kinda doubt Tatis a little bit, like a tiny bit, has nothing to do with him. It just comes down to the market. Where it's San Diego, like if it's still you California, if, it's still California, absolutely, but it's not 
LA. It's not the Dodgers. It's not New York. Well, it's not the Yankees. The best, the it's best not player Chicago. Plays, plays in LA. Yeah. 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 The best, the best not the player Dodgers, in the game. though. It's, 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 it is the Angels. I'm sure if he played for the Dodgers or the Yankees. Well, that, be... that, and that's the point is you take, you take Trout, you take Totsies, even you, you take Otani, even, and you put them on the Yankees or the Dodgers, even, even the Mets, even the Mets now. Yeah. You know, even, even in Chicago or up in Boston with the, with the Red Sox, they're they're a marketable, massive name. Yeah, I mean, well, listen, <laughs> my counter argument to that is LeBron was playing in Akron, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio. Excuse me. Fair and point. then Pey- Peyton Manning was playing in Indianapolis. I don't think those are necessarily the. Uh, I mean, right now, I honestly think, though, to be quite honest with you, the football is changing with faces of the game. I think it's starting to become a lot more of Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Josh, I would Allen. Say the, Josh Allen to a lot. I think more people though like, I, I think Burrow is really like captured a lot of, Oh, like you see what I'm saying here yes. because of the Super Bowl this year. I think Burrow is starting to become that guy that everybody roots for. Nobody roots against Burrow. I'm t- I, I haven't met one person that's root that has rooted against Joe Burrow. No, I, I literally was, uh, it was my brother's birthday on Sunday and we went out with my dad and my stepmom and my stepmom was asking me questions about Joe Burrow. Like yeah, that's exactly. just how, you know, people love Burrow. People love him. And it's I mean, what's there not to love quite honestly. I mean, he's, he's feel good story came out of, you know, relatively nowhere transfer from Ohio state, one national championship at LSU, number one pick Cincinnati tore up his knee, comes back Super Bowl year after and he's he, he's young he's marketable he's in a lesser market I, I i really do think that if you were to take see i don't even know if i could, if i could say this because mahomes is in a smaller market in kansas city and people really hate mahomes like really hate mahomes i, I think a lot of that is to do with factors that are beyond his control familial matters into- yes Yes, yes, I yes. think that has a lot to do with it. I, I I think so as well. I think Mahomes the person. Well, that's a, that's see, that's a tough one because there there's a lot about Mahomes personally that I don't like. Whereas with Burrow, I look I look at Burrow and yeah, he he's cocky. Yeah, he's arrogant, but he talks that talk. He walks that walk, and I I, I do appreciate that. But beneath all of that, he's a very humble guy. He appreciates his roots. He knows where he comes from. Ohio kid playing his game in Ohio. And I, I, I do appreciate that story with, with Burrow, whereas with Mahomes, is Mahomes marketable? Absolutely he is. Is he the face of football? Probably yes. Now Tom Brady retired. Now, now that Brady retired, yes. Now that, now that Brady is out of the picture. Yeah, yeah we, yes, we think. Well, they can't market Aaron Rodgers. That don't, you know, I won't go there, but. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> No, did you did you see by by any chance before we go to uh, to your deep sleeper? Did you see by any chance today? Um, Rogers was on Pat McAfee, and he had over a hundred and fifty thousand people. Listening That's what he wants when Rogers came on, and it was just basically dead air. That's what he wants. Yep, yep. I was like, wow, and I, I honestly I didn't even know that that was happening. I had no idea. I just I just heard about it. I was like, wow, okay. And you know what? If I knew about it, I probably wouldn't be one of those schmucks that, that, that was listening. I'm just very thankful that I was not one of those schmucks. I will be 
like I'll even I'll eat my own words here, but you you have to be a fool to think that Aaron Rodgers will not be playing for the Green Bay Packers next season. I just I don't see. It's just where where is he going? That that where is he having a better shot? Nowhere, nowhere. I mean, Tampa, but they don't have any money. They don't have any money. What's he getting paid in? Yeah, exactly. What's he getting a dollar? Like no, no. The best place the best place for him to win right now is Green is Bay. Green my my guess, if I had to make one, is he's just waiting for the whole Devontae situation to be resolved. I personally think though, that he is just enamored with just the attention drama because drama. he was never about this up until the whole vaccination that I, that's what I personally feel. I personally don't think, I think that whole instance kind of changed how he has portrayed things. Sure. I don't, I, I don't think that's an outlandish take at all. Personally, yeah, but he he's playing with the Packers next season, and there there will be a lot of ways for the Packers to get better. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, yeah, and and you know the Packers they're gonna be they're gonna be in the thick of it. They'll be one of the top three seeds in the NFC if if Rodgers is there because yeah. you have Rodgers division. <laughs> you have Devontae Adams. That division is is gonna be oh god, train wreck is is another way to to uh, to describe it. But yeah, I for me personally, I just think that that you know once the Devontae Adams situation is at least somewhat resolved then i think we see rogers kind of figure his shit out and and maybe be a bit more forthcoming about where uh yeah. where his future uh lies all right jake you're uh you're deep sleeper please sir well i, I you know just first i, I don't want to get you know too uh i don't want to bring down the mood a little too much here but i just want to uh tell everybody that it's just kindness is my deep sleeper and you being there for people it's just something happened this week that has kind of been on my mind a little bit with mental health i guess that you can clarify that as the as the deep sleeper but i live near a uh of rail of railroad tracks and unfortunately another 16 year old uh tragically took his own life in front of the railroad tracks and i see all this because my house is right next to it and i see the cut so I, I know about it all, and it, it's just been happening. Cause I've been living in my same house now for 25 years, and it just happens way too often, man. And I've just this week, it kind of like sat with me a little bit more because I guess I'm a little bit older now. That it's just for someone to get to that point, it just kind of really stings. And it's just couldn't somebody help him? Um, you know. That I feel like a lot of times after the fact, people have these reactions where it's either they tell the, the loved ones or whatever, I'm so sorry, but, you know, where were you before? Like, it's easy to say you matter and you it's easy to say all this after the fact. You know what I'm saying? But Absolutely. Before, but where but where were you the whole time? You know what I'm saying? And I, I see in most of the cases here. I mean, I went to I went to a high school. You went to a high school. A lot of people at the forefront of all this are the part of the problem. Yes. And that that doesn't sit well with me. And you also have people saying, you know, that that is like an insanely selfish thing to do. And, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm not advocating for that. But, you know, but what about that kid? You know, what if somebody maybe it was selfish for people not to help that kid or somebody else that that's going through something like that? Like, how, how about that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, the blame just the whole blame game, just, it doesn't sit well with me. And 
I, my deep sleeper here is just be nice to people, please. Just be nice. You, you don't know what anybody's going through. You don't know. Yeah. Nobody saw it coming with this kid. Apparently I, I it, nobody saw it coming. Yeah. So you don't know how your actions will affect people. You never know your, your random act of kindness or you just being a decent human being to somebody could save their lives. You see what I'm saying here? And yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And it's just be nicer to people. That is my whole moral of the story here. And you know, you never know, man, what, what people go through and, that that's kind of what I wanted. I usually talk about, you know, fun stuff. And I, I didn't know if I was going to come on here and talk about that, but it just, it was one of those things where it just kind of, it's been sitting with me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you had said it because I mean, as, as you know, um, you know, I go through my own struggles, you know, here and there and um, yeah. And I agree with everything you said that, you know, there are people that, that don't, that don't know what goes on on uh, on a day to day basis, and I think that and that story just in its own it breaks my heart. You know, quite quite frankly, that you know, it's just happening way too six, often. Sixteen years old, just like oh my god, you know, just had his whole life ahead of him, whole life ahead of him, whole life ahead of him, and you know, something that you know was just was clearly eating at him so much, and that he decided to to make that that choice, and I, there was something that you that you had said, and you know, I definitely want to uh, revisit that is, you know, just people will view it as selfish. And I think it, you can't look at it as from his point of view and, 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 you know, without going too deep into it, it it's not necessarily a selfish point of view. Whereas it's more the person just feels completely trapped and they don't know when you're, when you're in that moment, you're in that, that, that headspace, that frame of mind, you, you really feel hopeless and, and trapped. You don't know what to do, where to go, who to turn to, and you feel alone. And, and that in itself is just, it's the worst feeling that there is because they don't they don't anybody who does that it's not that they're taking the coward's way out or the selfish way out in air quotes as many people will allude to you know and has been said you know about situations like that that it's a it's the the coward's way out you know it's more of they just people don't have anywhere else to go and they feel like all hope is lost. And, you know, the truth, truth of the matter is that just little acts of kindness, like you said, make a huge difference, make a huge difference. And it, it can, it can really, really save somebody's life when you don't even know it. And, and Jake, you made a great point again. And you said you don't know what people are going through on a day-to-day basis. And, and that's a hundred percent, right? You, you just don't know what goes on behind the exterior. Like you could, you can meet some guy in the middle of the road. He could be smiling when on the inside, he could have a whole bunch of shit going on. And that's with everybody. That's with everybody. And the most important thing and, and 
uh, like I said, I'm the biggest advocate for mental health that there is. And I always say to people that if you are struggling and there is something that is really wearing you down, pick up the phone, pick up the phone and call anybody. That, that was what I was going to close with. Just my, uh, my closing comment on this is tomorrow could be the best day of your life. Mm-hmm. No matter what, what's going on in, in, in your life right now. Um, there, there's always tomorrow always. Yep. So if, if you're going through anything, reach out to anybody, anybody and, and they'll listen. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And even I know, uh, and I'll leave it at this where I think with a lot of people, myself included, it was very hard for me to just come forward to family. I know that's like really, really tough for a lot of people that go through this certain thing and Friends seem to be the main outlet for a lot of people. So find that one friend that you have, call that friend, or you know what? Say to that friend, hey, you want to go for a drink tonight? Or you want to go get a bite to eat or something? And just talk. That's it. That's it. And I know it's it sounds simple. I know that. But trust me, I did it. I did it and saved my life. It saved my life. So if I can do it, you most certainly can do it. And, uh, and yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a reminder just to, to be kind to everybody. I love that deep sleeper, Jake. I love it. Appreciate it, man. All right. Let's turn it back up a little bit. We're going to talk some March badness now. So I wrote a piece this week for talkingpointsports.com. That uh, article is up right now. You can go, you can go check that out where basically what I talked about this week was teams that can be bracket busters. And what I mean by that is uh, lower-seeded teams that have the opportunity to pull upsets in the bracket and potentially go far in the NCAA tournament. So, you know, we're talking double-digit seeds, you know, is, is what we're kind of what we're kind of looking at. And obviously the... Uh, the brackets have not been released yet. Selection Sunday is, I believe, the 13th of March. So we are, <laughs> yeah, we're about two weeks away, two weeks away till uh, till selection, uh, selection Sunday. But um, before we get into giving our picks, and by the way, Jake is going to give uh, two for him. I'm going to give two for myself and just going to be a little bit of a, a little bit of a, of a, of a taster here a little bit of a sampler here because uh, we'll be doing much more um much more march madness coverage over the course of the next couple of weeks on the podcast and then finally um before the tournament starts jake and i will be doing our full bracket reveal and uh we'll be talking about all the games so that'll be one big podcast for you before uh, before the tournament starts on march 17th I believe is the, is the yeah. start of the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. The first day so. of the tournament is Thursday, the 17th. Uh, but before we get into that, this was something that I found very interesting. And, and I wrote this in the column and this is just in my research. And I found this very interesting. So what I wanted to put in, into the column was I wanted to find, I wanted to see if there was actual data about the most likely upsets that happen in the tournament. And I was able to find it. So, the most, I'll ask you first, 
Jake, what do you think is the most common upset in the NCAA tournament? I'm going to go with, it's not 12-5. That kind of seems like the obvious answer. It's not 12-5. 12-5 is third. How about 8-9? It is not 8-9. Let, let's hear it then. So the most common upset nine, eight, yeah. is a 10 over a 7. All right. So I, I was in the ballpark. You were in the ballpark at 39.5% of the time the next is 11 over a six at 37 and a half percent 12 over a five is 35.4 percent and then a 13 over a four is at 21.5 percent so for all of those when you're filling out your brackets that could be something to uh, to go over because i think you know, when I was writing the column as well, what I always like to do is like to provide little little bit of nuggets, like valuable insight that people can look at besides the main point of the column. And I think what a lot of people struggle with in their brackets, Jake, is finding the opportunities to pick upsets because obviously you have to pick them. Like it, that, just commonplace. You've got to pick an upset somewhere. And I think what a lot of people have issues with is finding upsets to pick and if you know nothing about the teams and let's just face it 45 percent of people that are filling out brackets are not going to be watching every single college basketball game but if they need a spot to maybe pick an upset maybe this will will help you out a little bit but jake i'm gonna give you i'll give you the first option would you like me to go first or would you or would you like to go first how about i give one you give one you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Not gonna be not gonna be uh, snake, but if you want to go yeah. first, you want me to go first. I'll go first. Okay, go ahead. I'm going with the Yukon Huskies. Hmm. Okay. Telling you, man. They could play ball. No, I, they I don't can. Th- I think they have like I, I just don't understand. To me, they're the most talented team in the Big East. Ooh. Like raw potential. Oh, I just think that there is a good shout. I think they're like a sleeping giant. They are. They are. And if I pull up the latest, I'm going off of uh, Joe Lenardi's bracketology on ESPN. He currently has UConn as a, if I could find them here he is UConn as a five seed right now yep and, and honestly I think great coaching goes a long way in the tournament oh, yeah. yes and Hur- Hurley's done a great job reviving that program he has since, since taking over and honestly you know who they kind of remind me of a little bit a little bit of UCLA from last year a little bit yeah yeah I could I I, I could see it I could see it yeah UConn yeah it's a good shout don't sleep. And they've done when it when, we've seen it before from the program. We have. Yeah, we have. Which does make a difference when there when there is a historical one hundred percent there's a difference. Yeah. When teams have, have have you know been there been there done that and which is great segue into saying my, my first pick, that's Loyola Chicago. I mean I think Jake, they were one of yours when we did this last year, and now I'm gonna I'm gonna steal them from from you. I mean 
Look, Sister Jean is still alive. So this is fantastic news. Sister Jean is going to be at the tournament. Then hell yeah, you could, you could bet that I am going to be taking Loyola Chicago to go far. And by the way, if this helps anybody at all for their brackets and everything, Joe Lenardi, his bracketology has Loyola Chicago as an 11 seed right now. If they were to win their first round matchup, according to this mock bracket that he has created, if they were to win and then Illinois were to win, they would play each other again in the round of 32 again. And I, and I picked them last year, Loyola Chicago. You did. You did. And Loyola and- Chicago beat Illinois last year when Illinois were a number one seed. Uh, but with this Loyola Chicago team, they register over 73 points a contest, fifth best effective field goal percentage in the country, 13th highest two-point shooting percentage in the country, and their top 10 from beyond the arc in the country. Lucas Williamson, Braden Norris, their two guards, have really, really made this Loyola Chicago team a force. Williamson a bit better on the defensive side than, than Norris. I've been on Loyola Chicago a whole bunch, so I know more about Loyola Chicago than probably most should, but they've won me a lot of money. So thank you, Loyola Chicago. Um, the, the one thing about them, though, where I've noticed just from watching them um, in, in rotation is the one area where they do struggle is putting teams away. So any contest with Loyola Chicago is going to be a bit of a sweat. I think, but when you have the guard play of Williamson and Norris, who both average over 40% from three, both are playing 30 minutes a night. Yeah, that that is all the makings to me of, of a team that can make a really deep run in, in March. And, you know, do I think this is a team that's going to go to the final four again? Probably not. But if you could tell me, if you were to say to me, hey, maybe they're, they're pushing sweet 16. Yeah, yeah. And as, a, as an 11 seed projected right now, absolutely. Yeah, I can buy it. I think I'm the only soul that had. <laughs> Isn't that crazy, though? I said, I, I wish we could replay that audio. See, we did the show, too. I would say that you were the only soul, but I know you weren't because my mother did I, also pick Little Chicago. We, we, fin- we finished one, two in the bracket yep. last year. Yes, she also did pick Little Chicago. But she also knows nothing about college basketball, so yeah, I don't, I don't know how much to show that one. My, my my second team, another program that I have uh, a long affinity for. Not my Michigan State Spartans. Very big stretch coming up for state. Massive, yeah. massive stretch coming up. And Tom Izzo, I expect him to get everybody in gear. Bad loss to Illinois recently. It's time. It, it, it's it's Michigan State's time to step on the step on the gas right before uh, March Madness. I'm going the Wichita State Shockers. Ooh, okay. Here's, here's a big thing that I look for when doing my brackets. To me, shooting slumps in March Madness, it gets streaky. But you know what doesn't necessarily slump is defense. No. Something Wichita Correct. State is very sound at. Top 25 in the nation – Battled a lot of adversity, too. I'm going with – and listen, you think about programs that have done it in the past. Wichita State has a lot of experience as a program being in the the tournament. Am I I mistaken? Yes, they do. So, But can't you – They've never done that. 
I, I think Lenardi had them as you can check me on this. I think he, they're only like a nine seed. Not it's like nine, 11, nothing crazy. So we're talking they about Cinderella teams. A. They were on here. I just, I just saw them. They are a 11. So that's what I'm saying. We're talking about, we're talking about Cinderella teams. I'm picking the shockers. I like it. I like it because Wichita State they do they do have the the cred to uh, to potentially to potentially get there and they've been there done that. I bet on them too a decent amount this year too. So yeah, maybe they've, I could, they, I... they've won me a good amount of money. I, I do love me some Wichita State. Uh, I'm gonna go for one. And Jake, I'm gonna apologize to you in advance. They've hurt me too for for what it's worth. Uh, but my other sleeper team and this is probably my favorite and this is the one that i was actually really looking forward to to talking about are the rutgers scarlet knights and for me when i look at the big 10 and i see i see michigan state i see ohio state i see wisconsin i see illinois these are all teams that are going to be in the big dance can't forget iowa well and and i was and i was well purdue Purdue. Why, why, why is Rutgers not being mentioned in the same category as, as these teams? They they beat Purdue when they were number the number one team in the nation. They beat Michigan State, beat Ohio State, beat Wisconsin, beat Illinois. They have one of the best home court records in the Big Ten. They're third defensively in the Big Ten. Ron Harper Jr. has been playing out of his skin. Geo Baker has been excellent. Clifford Omarui has been absolutely excellent for Rutgers as well. And then lately, lately, the emergence of Paul Mulcahy has been has been ridiculous for Rutgers and, and why they've been able to rattle off those four straight wins against Michigan State, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Illinois is because the play of Mulcahy. He's averaged 15 points per contest in those four. And he's shooting almost 43% from deep in that little run. And not to mention, I, I think this is one of the most underrated parts of when when we talk about you know certain teams that can that can make a run. You want to have momentum going into March, and you want to have a good showing in your conference championships. You want to have a good end to your regular season. Rutgers is in a position where I think they can make a, a, a pretty solid run in the Big Ten tournament that you want to see them have a good showing in the Big Ten tournament. And I think that they can because defensively, they are great. The, the only issue with Rutgers maybe that I have a little bit is that they don't score at an incredible clip. They're just under 69 points per contest, and they concede just over 65. So maybe if they're, if they're running into one of the big dogs, air quotes, on a neutral court, Maybe then that becomes a little bit of an issue where you're taking away some sort of the home edge that that Rutgers kind of have. But am I saying that Rutgers are going to win the Big Ten? No. But do I think that Rutgers, if they can go far in the Big Ten tournament, get some momentum, and then get into this tournament playing really well and doing things that have made them successful this year, defend well, shoot from behind the arc well, can that go far in March? Yeah, absolutely it can. And Rutgers right now on the latest bracketology, they are sitting as a 10 seed. 
which I like a whole lot. Matched up right now, if if all were to stand, according to this mock projection, they would play Xavier, who, in my opinion, are one of the worst teams. Brutal. They, they are... I will... Whomever... Whomever Xavier will be up against the first round, I will be picking said other team for an upset. A hundred percent. The thing, the thing though, that I kind of throw out the window a little bit with when I make my brackets is I kind of look at the home and away splits. I just think that home teams that play well at home, I don't really love picking them because obviously it's a neutral site in the tournament. So it can be altered a little bit. Whereas if they have such a drastic, split from home and away where they're mm-hmm. so much better at home, but not very good away. I kind of get a little nervous picking those teams. Sure. That makes yeah. sense. Cause I, there's some type of psychology there. It just, it doesn't make oh, sense to me. Absolutely. So. And I think, I think with all of these, obviously, you know, we can play Monday, Monday, Monday morning quarterback and, and talk about all of these teams and what they are right now. But, you know, if we're doing this based on, you know, these, these current matchups that I have on the screen in front of me, I'm just looking at, you know, the other seven seeds, if Rutgers goes up against a Boise state, or if they go up against a, an Iowa, I wouldn't feel great about Rutgers in, in, in that scenario. But what I feel great about them going up against Xavier. Yeah, absolutely. I would same thing with like a loyal Chicago. They're matched up right now with LSU. Would I feel great about loyal Chicago against LSU? Yes, I would. Would I feel great about loyal Chicago against USC? No, no, I would not. Remember last year, I loved LSU. You did, and, and you know why? Because of Cam Thomas. Look where because he is Cam now. Thomas, and look <laughs> and look where and look where he is now. So before we go and start talking about some NBA, I actually want to do a quick little exercise uh, with you, Jake. So I want to look at all of the one seeds, and I just want a quick answer. It doesn't have to be rapid fire. You could say whatever you want. There's, we're yeah. not we're not pressed for time or anything. So right now, the projected one seeds, Gonzaga, Arizona, Kansas, and Auburn. Out of those one seeds, who do you think I, – I, I could Quick ask – I could ask who is the most who, – who's the safest? And for me, the safest, I think we both have the same answer. It's Gonzaga. I think Kansas is pretty good, man. I'm not going to lie. Okay. All right. So maybe I should have asked that question. For, for, I think for, Kansas, Gonzaga to me – I won't pick as the champion ever, ever. Oh, every man. everybody everybody picks them, and most of the time they fall short. I mean, yeah, I mean they they they're a tricky one just because when they historically go up against teams that equal them or better them, Gonzaga do historically struggle especially when they're in a conference where they're going up against like, but when they're going up against Pepperdine, I mean, you know, there's not much of a, a, a St. Mary's St. Mary's <laughs> plays them tough too. Yeah. St. Mary's St. Mary's does play them very tough. Very, very, very tough. And, you know, and BYU. And, but I, at BYU as well, BYU, we've seen some great BYU Gonzaga games uh, over the years, but I think that the difference with Gonzaga this year for me, is they have the number one pick in this upcoming draft on their team. That's Chet Holmgren, and I've I haven't bet on Gonzaga much just because their spreads are always just they're they're too rich for my blood. But in the on the 
occasion where I watch Gonzaga and I watch them pretty frequently. I'm just left so impressed with Chet Holmgren. And I say to myself, you know, a tournament like the NCAA tournament, March Madness, is just tailor-made for a guy like Chet Holmgren. It really, really is. And and, and Drew Timmy, we all know about the, the Drew, about Drew Timmy at this point. You know, he, he is who he is. But Holmgren, Holmgren could be a star at, at the next level. Guy can shoot lights out of the ball from three. Interior, he's just a he's a monster defensively. He's very, very, very sound. And Gonzaga, it's gonna sound it's gonna sound cliche, very, very, very cliche, but it just feels like they have a team that can really compete and go far in, in, in well, this yeah. tournament. God, losing in the championship is probably what'll have them. Probably, probably right. Probably yeah. right. And anything but I agree. Gonzaga anything is pretty safe. That. I think Kansas is pretty safe too. Yeah. For what it's worth. Yeah. Can't, I mean, they're a Bill Self team. Death tax is a Bill Self team getting to at least the Elite Eight in in March Madness. I mean, that's just the way that, that it goes. Then you have the other two. You have Arizona and then you have Auburn. To me, I've watched a lot of Auburn. And Bruce Pearl, he's a great coach. I'm not saying he's not. But to me, whenever I watch Auburn, they look very, very shaky to me. To me. And then you also have a Pac-12 team in Arizona. We all know. We all know yeah. about the Pac-12. Correct. Correct. I, I'm I'm going to be interested to see if Arizona holds as a as a one seed. I, I could see that changing. I can too. I can too. Because if we're looking at the, the the two seeds now, we're looking at Texas Tech, who I love. I don't think they're a I one. I Yep. But I love Texas Tech. I love Purdue. Kentucky. Kentucky, I go back and forth on. And probably the one for me that I would, well, maybe after barely getting by Oklahoma State on Monday night, Baylor would be the other one that I think could be in contention for, for a one seed if they can potentially win the big 12 championship, then we're start we're starting to talk about Baylor maybe as, as one. Kentucky. It's hard to keep a straight face. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's really hard, really hard to talk about uh, future, future Knicks players and in, in such a, uh, such a negative light. No, no matter why I'm shaky on them. I'm, t- I'm, I'm potentially I'm third person the Knicks. Fuck Knicks. Um, Check anything else you want to uh, you want to provide for uh, any March Madness discussion before we go and talk about the uh, the NBA. We will be doing more more March Madness next week. Yeah, for so. sure, for sure. So go state. That's all I have to say. O H I O. Okay. So let's go to the NBA, shall we? And what we're gonna do is we were gonna have more of like an open ended, just general discussion, but. Jake found it to be pretty boring, and he came up with an even better idea because that is what Jake does, and he gets a gold star for his efforts. So we have come up with, and I have not counted before this, so a terrible radio on my part, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight categories. They are open-ended. They are just statements, and we are just going to fill them in, and we're going to have a nice, right bold discussion. So, Jake, we're going to start with the biggest surprise of the NBA season thus far. Who is it and why? 
biggest surprise to me. It's just hard to find a team that's a bigger surprise than the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Plain and simple. You almost you almost stole mine. I thought I thought you were gonna steal mine. Um, for me, it's the Memphis Grizzlies. It's similar. Yeah, I expect this though from John Morant. Okay, fair. I mean, if, if you were gonna say, it, did you were you expecting a forty-one and nineteen record at the midway point? No, but I expected them to be. A, I expect them to be a, 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 a what do you call that? A surefire playoff team. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so. But I think if we were talking about them, I would have said maybe, maybe you know, on the play-in automatic bid bubble. I think, I think they fall off a little bit in the second half, though, a little bit. Maybe, maybe just because they're they're a younger team, and I, I, I could, I could see that. But them and the Cavs, I think too. They have fought five games on on the Jazz. Thirty-six wins for the Jazz. 41 for, maybe for Memphis, the Grizzlies. Maybe Memphis is more likely to – but I think the Cavs, though, could falter a little bit in the second half because the East is just a lot – for once, the East is the loaded conference, right? I mean – I'm very surprised. Like, I think yeah, that could have been crazy. another surprise as well that the East looks to be in much better shape than the West does. I mean, when you have – I mean, when you have Brooklyn in, in, in the play-in, which – Yeah. I mean, that's, that's crazy in and of its own self. But, hey – you just better hope that if Brooklyn stays in the uh, in the play and they don't have to go to Toronto for uh, no, they lifted the back, the back, they 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 lifted it and they Toronto. did. Canada doesn't have it anymore. Um, wow, wow, That's, Canada! I did, did not Canada, know that Canada and Boston and Washington all very, lifted very their indoor. You know what's interesting because Nets general manager Sean Marks who. We're recording that we're it, it's a quarter after six Eastern Standard Time has a press conference at seven o'clock and he's like the freaking witness protection you never hear from him so we're, oh, we're no, all he, like we're all like what the hell's going on here as as Stephen as Stephen A Smith said after the Knicks lost to the Nets and I quote, oh, I'm glad you brought that up you have you have men in state penitentiary that are more noticeable than Leon Rose. I think the same thing could be said about Sean Marks, but Sean Marks does not have to be at the front of the presses, whereas Leon Rose does. Leon Rose has a lot of explaining to do. Let's just, let's just get right into it. Biggest disappointment, the New York fucking Knicks. I hate everything about this team. Ju- Julius Randle needs to go. Evan Fournier needs to go. Tom Thibodeau needs to go. They all need to go. Get rid of everybody. It, this is one of those where I, I'm not. I'm not a huge Jim Dolan guy. But if Jim Dolan wanted to take his brass ring and just knock everybody out with it, I'm completely good with that. Get rid of everybody. Even Period. Leon even Leon Rose and World Wide West? Everybody. Really? Everybody. Get rid of them all. I noticed that a lot of the Nick fans like Leon Rose and World Wide West, but they want Thibodeau gone. They think that he's the big reason. And a lot of people are really uh, have turned their backs on Julius Randle, too. They're just done with him. Isn't that crazy how, like, just the fall of that guy. Crazy, Literally. man. Literally. Everybody our, our, loved him last year. He was the, we hear, that's all we heard, and bing bong. And now it's just like, just end the season. The, and so you didn't say, you said everybody. But I was going to say, and, what about Kemba Walker? He, he's still and, under contract next everybody, year. Everybody. Everybody. Get rid of everybody. There, there should not be a nameplate that is the same in that dressing room from 20 Even RJ. 
Oh no, RJ stays. RJ stays. Unless unless you're training for Damian Lillard. Unless he is required for Damian Lillard, then then that's fine. Yeah, they're not trading RJ Barrett for Damian Lillard. I'll tell you that. Or probably they're all they're all talking about Zion now. But what 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 are the next trading exactly for Zion? Well, what's Zion's value right now? That's that's also part of the problem. Still high, still ridiculously high. Come on, man. Is it, dude? Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, James Harden trade. Ben Simmons got traded for James Harden. I guess. I guess. I mean, but Simmons, Zion, S- Simmons, we have at least seen play at somewhat of a high level. Do the Knicks fans even want Zion? Is the real? Can you? Can't you just see the Knicks getting him and him just being like the biggest disappointment ever? Yeah. Like, oh, of course I can. <laughs> I can. I can see that happening with Damian Lillard. Or Damian Lillard just, just if if they were to bring may may God rest his soul if they were to bring back Kobe Bryant and Kobe Bryant were to play for the Knicks I could see Kobe Bryant being a disappointment that's just how cursed this franchise is yeah dude the, for me though the biggest disappointment is how can it not be oh, well the Knicks yeah but the the L A Lakers man what a yeah. terrible roster terrible and, and the only person for me you can blame Rob Palenka all you want. LeBron James put that team together. Oh my God, he's he's a general manager he, of that team. Not he Rob said he's the him. one. He's the one that said, "Give me Westbrook over Demar Derozan." How's that working out? That that arguably could have been the biggest surprise too. Is Demar Derozan? Where the hell did he come from? He he right now he's the MVP of the league. Yes, him or Joel Embiid. But I, LeBron I would James, even, I would say Jokic in, in there as well. But Derozan, good shout. Yeah, and but the thing is though, it's funny because this is the cycle of LeBron. He goes to a promising place. Pieces upon pieces, get another star, wins a championship. Last year or two, complete shit. Done. Bye-bye. You're in a terrible situation now. No cap space, no premium assets. I'm out. He He's doing it again. It's a cycle of life. It's, a, it's what he does. And hey, you know what? No you know what, though? The Lakers after next year. There's no way. You know what, though? If you were to ask a Nick fan, would they take a championship oh, easily. With, with LeBron? to be stuck in purgatory for another 20 years. I think a lot of them would say, let me, yes, let me, let me be honest with you. I think it's a real possibility that the Knicks draft Bronny jr. Oh, for fuck's sake to get LeBron in the guard. Can you imagine that LeBron coming to the garden with his son for one year for one I year? Tell, I can tell you that'd be the hottest ticket in town. Oh, easily for, right or wrong, right or wrong. It would be the hottest ticket in town. Oh, easily. But I personally think though LeBron was kind of nudging at Sam Presti in Oklahoma City. Hey, you have all these first round picks. Mm-hmm. Just I my think son's so. out. You know, I think it would be cool. It, it, you almost don't want to see him go back to Cleveland because you're so happy about the progress that Cleveland's made. And it's just like, are they really going to blow all that up to see, get LeBron back again? Like see, they did the. I don't. I don't think they 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 need him or uh, no. That, 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 <laughs> that's that's come on, man. They I mean, use yeah, you d- dangle LeBron James. Okay, but but you know LeBron's gonna say, "I want this. I want to play with this guy. I want to play with that guy. I don't like that guy. Uh, how about this guy?" That's what but, he does. Yeah, exactly. And and but does Cleveland? Cleveland has done a fantastic job, like you said. That's what I'm saying. Building it up on their own, exactly like you said, hundred percent. Why, like you said. Why would they want to tear that down with LeBron being judge, jury, executioner on guys that he does want to play with and does not want to play with? I'll give you one reason. Dan Gilbert. Fair. 
That's fair. It's that relationship between LeBron and Dan Gilbert. There has to be some type of documentary made one day, one day about the decision. <laughs> I, I tell you, it, it would be it, it would be Oscar worthy. I mean, have it, he went back there, even though the owner just said like all these. He literally destroyed this guy publicly. Yep. Yep. And always forgiven. Well, forgiven. Yeah. Like well, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Welcome back, LeBron. Give me a championship. And he did. And he, he did. did. Pro- probably the biggest upset I've ever seen in a championship, to be honest with you. I would agree. Uh, I, I would agree. But I think it also kind of it also kind of cemented uh, LeBron in, in a lot of, in a lot of you, ways. Yeah, a lot of ways. If he didn't win a championship at Cleveland, ooh. Yeah. He, it just if, his, been... if, if, if his only championships are with Le- uh, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and then uh, Anthony uh, Davis. The, the pandemic trophy. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. No, that'd be a I, tough, tough sell for all of the, uh, all of the LeBron stands out there. Crazy. All right. So the next one, the most underrated, now this could be most underrated teams can be most underrated player. Just the most underrated aspect of all the things that have happened in uh, the first half of the 2021, 2022 NBA season. Jake, what would that be for you? I'm going with the player on a horrible team. I just want to give a quick shout out because I love this guy coming out of the draft and he kind of got a little bit more recognition this weekend with some of the things that he did. I would I want to shout out Cole Anthony of the Orlando Magic, having a mm. great year, a teens pick in the draft, averaging about 18 points a game for a horrible team. I really like I think next year, man, he's really gonna take that next leap forward. And that's another guy I said the Knicks should have drafted, by the way in that draft where they took obviously Halliburton was the pick, but I said, if you go with Cole Anthony, that that's good also. Cause I really liked Cole Anthony coming out of UNC. I, I hope the magic figure it out. Maybe they can get the number one pick, but they don't really need another guard. So it's like, uh, Oh God. You know, if the Jalen Knicks, Suggs. If Knicks can tank and get Chet Holmgren. Oh, oh yeah. I know smiling, but they'll, they'll, they'll ruin it. If, even if they had the worst record, they're not getting the number one pick. Of course not. Of course, and not. not even the number two pick. No, no, come on. Knicks in the lottery, they'll be an eight, eight maximum. Yeah, but but shout out to Cole Anthony. Yeah, it's a good shout. That's 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 a good shout. Hey, hey, Obi Toppin won the Knicks something. He won them a dunk contest. <laughs> and leave it in, in typical Nick form. It was the worst dunk contest in the history of dunk contests. Oh my god! I I, I literally was. I literally walked away and I just saw Obi Toppin lift the trophy. I was like, oh wow, he won something. Yay! Whoopee, won something. Um, most underrated for me, I I think he, he, I don't know if I can call him underrated necessarily because everyone knows how good he is. But I think a lot of people have forgotten how good he is. I think it's just because of the nature of the team that he is on and how they're just kind of in this, this plateau sort of phase right now. That's Jason Tatum. So, yeah, Jason yep. Tatum for me the I most underrated. I could even say the Boston Celtics in general uh, are underrated a little bit, just because I think they're, they're overrated. Not, <laughs> I th- I think that maybe the team by itself, yeah, is overrated. But I think you know Tatum, e- e- even Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown would have been a good answer too. I think people underrated. don't give Jalen Brown his due. Like that's an all star right there. Absolutely, absolutely right. I I think you could put you could put Brown and Tatum into this one and I would say underrated, but I we've talked about it a million times in this show that Boston they 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 had it. They had, they had it, it right here. 
right? Well, Kyrie kind of Kyrie kind of screwed them over. Like I love the guy, and I'm very happy he's on my basketball team. And when when he shows up, he, he when he shows up, he's a big time player, and, and yeah. he, he's he kind of screwed them over. He was that guy to kind of get them over the hump. For sure. Just the big the biggest mistake they made. Obviously, we've talked about it a thousand times. Was just not going after Anthony Davis for whatever That's reason. That's it. For that whatever was, reason. That was the thing that they had to do. And they didn't, and they, didn't. they didn't do it. But yeah, Jason Tatum has been unbelievable this year. And he's on a sixth place team in the Boston Celtics. And I, I'd be I'd be very curious. I'm not I'm not saying this is a fit for the Knicks. No, 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 no. The Celtics never make a trade with the Knicks, but I'm I'm just saying, hypothetical, that if the Celtics just keep at this level, where they're just kind of, they won't trade him. <laughs> would he want out? Would he no. want out? And would he want to go somewhere else? No, I, I personally think the guy the Knicks need to tune their attention to is Donovan Mitchell. But again, ha, it's just how did they should have drafted him? Well, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, but should have fucking drafted him. I but. think I think a star will ask out this summer. By the way, I the other so team. The other team in New York has some appealing assets as well. I I, I got to put that out there in case the nope. whole you know in case the whole Ben Simmons thing you know it's not going. But I think it will work. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. No one, no one wants the Nets to be happy or, or successful in any way, shape, form, or color. Just you. Um, the most overrated, Jake. What do you got? It, it's it's tough for me, but there are I, a million I heard, different answers for this. Th- to be honest with you, I don't think the Chicago Bulls are as good as people think. It's very interesting. It's that's very the interesting. one. That's the one team where I'm like, is the, the whole thing. Well, another reason why I'm not so bullish on them. Zach Levine's knee. Clear. I don't know what he was doing in the All Star game this weekend. I mean, I don't know if the uh, could could the Rockets have been help. Uh, not the Rockets. The Bulls have been happy that Zach Levine was playing in the All Star game. No, I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been. You have that, and it's just – it seems like they're a year early. You don't really see teams like that without a proven – like, is, is Zach Levine the level of star that – like, we kind of saw it with, with the Suns last year, but Zach Levine is, is a great player, and don't get me wrong, I, I personally think he is a star, but there's different tier. We've we've been over this a million times. Yeah, we've, times. we've been we've over this. He, he's a B is, star. Is, is he a Devin Booker? No. 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 That's why I think they're one of they're like one more piece away where I think they need a year. But like, would it would it shock me to see them go home in the first round of the playoffs? No, Mm-mm. no, so, wouldn't it wouldn't shock I, me. I would say Chicago's a little. And by the way, listen, we saw them play the Nets uh, earlier this year when they had all. Obviously, Harden's not here anymore, but Nets won by almost forty, like yep. in their on their home court. Yep. And and you kind of set me up for. Uh... For my, I'm going with the team above them. I'm going with Miami Heat. See, I like the Heat. Yeah, I like the Miami Heat. I do. But I look at them. I look at the Bulls. I look at the Bucks. I look at the Nets. I don't think at with each team at full strength. I don't think the Heat are better than the Bulls. I don't think they're better than the 76ers. I don't think they're better than the Bucks. I don't think they're better than Brooklyn. I, I, I just don't. And I think the fair point that you made with Chicago, I don't think Miami gets sent home in round one because I think defensively they're such a sound defensive team and defense always wins at the end of the day. But 
if they go up against a Milwaukee again, if they go up against a 76ers, they go up against a Brooklyn. Yeah, I could see that being a real, real problem. Like if things stand as they are right now and, and say, you know, Brooklyn is the last seed in Miami, Brooklyn round one. You're telling me KD is back for back for Brooklyn. Ben Simmons is back. Brooklyn may sweep the heat. I heard I heard from I don't have like a, I think KD's back for the Nets on Monday of next week. I personally think that with the schedule getting a little bit tougher, it meets the time frame. He was saying he feels good. He's been shooting around, he's been practicing. I think KD returns on Monday. And Simmons not too far after that. But we saw, listen, you bring up a good point, though, Brooklyn and Miami. We saw Brooklyn just before the All-Star break go up there with just Kyrie and take them down to the wire. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, I don't think Brooklyn are going to stay in the in the play-in. Like, I, no, I think they, they, they're not that separated from, like, it, the games no. where there's – I could see Brooklyn just going on, like, a street – and they've done it before. They did it last year, too, where they just go on, like, a two-week stretch of they don't lose. And, like, they right. win every game by, like – a significant margin, but I, I agree though. I, I don't know about the heat are overrated. Just the thing with the heat though, that I've always questioned is Jimmy Butler, that level of star, or is he more of a one B as opposed think, to a one A? Yeah. I, I think he's a one B. I think he's a one B at, at this stage of his career, Chicago, Jimmy Butler. That's maybe you're talking about a one A maybe the Butler that they were hoping for in, in Minnesota. Maybe that's a 1A. This stage of his career, Jimmy Butler, he's probably a 1B star. Now, is that a bad thing? No. I think what what Miami has their disposal is they have a really good coach in place, Eric Spolstra. They're going to go as far as they possibly can because of the coaching. And the coaching does make a massive, massive difference. But it can only take you so far. And when you're stacking up the rosters of each of these teams, when it comes down to playoff time, you can probably make a good argument that Miami have one of the least talented rosters of all these potential playoff teams. When you're stacking up against Chicago, the 76ers, the Cavs, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Nets. And then if you look at the play-in teams, the Hornets, the Hawks, the Raptors. Maybe, maybe the Heat would probably be in the middle of that pack. Yeah, the, the Hawks are another team we didn't talk about. In the disappointment. Oh yeah, yeah, bro. They well, what a what a fall from grace for them. I mean, they, they were just this close of going to the finals. I can't year. say I'm too upset about that. I, I'm a big Trey Young guy. Oh, I, I know that the Nick it. fans are not, but I'm a big I'm a big fan of Ice Trey. Oh, I can't stand him. I literally, I cannot. It should, cannot, it should be noted him. that although uh, the playoff struggles were glaring for Ben Simmons last year, the man does have to shoot this year. In, I, ice tray turned into mice tray against the, the Sixers. I'm just putting it out there. It's true. All right. So the next one, a team outside of the playoffs that will make the playoffs. So I think the way we'll do it just to kind of uh, have more of a discussion here is we'll just say top six, we'll call in playoffs and then teams that'll be in the play-in. We can also consider this. So 
How about, and okay. we'll also Bro- say not Brooklyn. Is, 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 maybe I think Brooklyn's my uh my take. My we'll take. say not Brooklyn. How about that? So we'll pick one. We'll pick one from the east. We'll pick one from the from the west. If I had to pick one from the east, I would probably say the Toronto Raptors. I think that would probably be mine. I I'm tempted to go with the Hornets. I'm also tempted to go with with the Hawks. Obviously, with the Wizards, I would have picked them, but. But no Bradley Beal the rest of the way is definitely a blow to them. The Knicks, just please stop laughing. Uh, Pacers, (laughs) no. Pistons, no. Magic, no. So it's one of the Raptors, Hornets, or Hawks if we're we're excluding the Nets. And I would probably say the Raptors would be would be mine. I, again, I I think Nick Nurse has done an unbelievable job there. I think that's also another classic example of a really good coach making a team better than they probably should be. I, I would have to go with Toronto too, to be completely yep. honest with you. I don't think they will, um, to be completely honest with you, but I think it's a little bit more likely in the West. I'm going with my sleeper team. Come I think we have the same. Minnesota? No. No. Big, big, big fan of what they're doing in Minnesota. Big fan. Anthony Edwards is a mega star. He's a star. Yeah, he's, he's a star. star. He's mm-hmm. a star. You just can tell right away with guys that they're stars. You see what they, I'm saying? They, they have it, it. They have it. And Anthony Edwards has it. And you combine him with Carl Anthony Towns and then D'Angelo Russell looks healthy. That that's a team that's top five. I can definitely see them not top, but top six where they're at the playing game. Same thing. Tomato, tomato. I like to me, I think they're better than Dallas. To be quite honest with you, I think Dallas falls to the playing game, and you keep the same five teams with the sixth team being Minnesota. Yeah, I'm confident. I'm going with the Los Angeles Clippers on the condition that we do see Kawhi Leonard this year. And Paul George? And Paul George. I even think if you were to say to me you get Kawhi back, I think Kawhi is that big of a game changer. Where not he, sure they do, though. Where he makes that big of a difference. I don't know if we do. That's part of the problem is I don't know if we do. If it's not the Clippers with Paul George helps them. I think they'll still be, they'll be in the play in more than likely, but if you can get Kawhi back and you can get Paul George back as well, you get both of them. Yeah, that would be, that would be a game changer for, for the Clippers. But again, I, I don't think it happens. I think you, there's more of a there's more of a chance we see we see George. I mean, I guarantee George will be back. Um, I don't know I'm about not sure Kawhi. About that. I'm yeah. not sure. I I think if Kawhi's not coming back, I don't think they risk Paul George. That's fair. That that that's absolutely on the list of possibilities. And I think that they they probably see Norm Powell. They spent a good good amount to go get, and they said, you know what, you could probably be the guy to help us at least stay afloat. And yeah. you know, and and that. And that's fine. I, I think with, with Norm Powell, I think he's a, he's a classic example of a guy that makes a good third piece, not a star necessarily, but a really solid third complimentary piece with two stars in place. I think he's probably a classic example of that, and he can keep his team afloat. But if you can get Kawhi and, and, and George back, then, yeah, that makes a hell of a difference. But if it's not the Clippers, I'm going to say the Lakers – just, just because no, no Anthony Davis though. It, it yeah, with a, the AD injury, it really depends. The next three weeks are huge for the Lakers. If they can just keep 
500 for the next three weeks. Get AD back. Is he? Just kind of get get it right the ship a little is bit. Is AD coming back? I think he is. I With that they, injury? They three said, weeks? They're saying they're say, they said four weeks. And, four and weeks is he healthy him. when he is is he healthy? Because we've seen Anthony Davis come back from injuries before where he's not the same guy. That's the other that's the other part of this is, you know, it, it's one thing if he comes back. It's another thing of what kind of shape he's going to be in. Because like you said, we've seen AD come back just to kind of be back and be like, oh, okay, I'm here. And, and he's not it. And he's not it. It's exactly right. Exactly right. So that's another wait and see. Um, and then, of course, the, the Timberwolves would be a very, very uh, popular pick. And I, I mean, honestly – is it crazy for me to say it? The Timberwolves might actually be better than the Mavs and the Nuggets. Nuggets is a little iffy, but the Mavs, I said Mavs. I yeah. think so. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to play the Timberwolves. I'm telling you, man, this kid, Anthony Edwards, is really good. Like, I, I really think stardom is is upon him. What about the Jazz? Something's off with them. Yeah. Something's yeah, that's off. why I asked. Yeah, something's off with them. But – there's no reason to think they're falling into the playing game for the for this no, conversation. No, 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 I know no. we're talking about the, the teams that we think can win the title, but I don't think they're a title contender. I don't. I don't think so. I, I, I are the Timberwolves better than the Jazz? Not sure about that. I don't think. So. I don't think they are. But no. something something is not kosher there. In, in Utah, in and Utah. obviously much much has been mentioned about the relationship between Rudy Gobert and and, and Donovan Mitchell, but that that's just a whole conversation for for uh, for another day. Um, but the biggest second half breakout, Jake, what do you got for Who's a player? For a player, he's not on a great team, but I think Jalen Green's going to be very good in the second half for the Houston Rockets and kind of segue his way uh, to becoming a, a star player next season. Uh, in Houston, I think I think oddly enough, Dennis Schroeder might help him to take a little bit of pressure off of Jalen Green. But Jalen Green was my favorite rookie coming out of this draft this past year. Him and Josh Giddy were my two favorites. I wasn't a big Cade Cunningham guy coming out of I what just ne- what as an NBA player, I just wasn't sold on him. I would have taken Jalen Green. So I'm going to go with Jalen Green uh, as my breakout breakthrough player in the second half. So I'm gonna actually I'm actually going to take. I'm going to be a bit of a homer. I'm going to take a New York Nick here. And I think it's just because out of necessity, I hope he's going to play a lot. He better. Because I think with the, the, the sum that I've seen, I've been relatively impressed when he has played as Quentin Grimes. I, I, I have been with, really impressed. With Derrick Rose coming back? Oh, he ain't playing. He's not touching. Dude, come on. He might be. He'd be lucky if he's in the rotation when Derrick Rose comes back. See, I, I think I think he's going to be in the rotation because I think what we have seen is with Thibodeau, the young players, they're out unless he really likes them. And I think we've – I think quickly might be. Thibodeau has had the opportunity to start. Alec Burks. He's had the opportunity to start Emmanuel quickly at the two to start games, but he's gone with gone with Grimes, and he's been very good from three. Defensively, he's pretty sound. I mean, I I, I got to say, I've been I've been relatively impressed uh, with his defensive abilities. But if he just gets to play a little bit more, and again, this this all goes to what we talk about with these fucking Knicks. You have a young player 
who has some promise right now, play him, play him, show his value. So if he balls out for the rest of the year, you have a secondary trade chip that you could add to a package to trade for a star, which is what Tom Thibodeau and the New York Knicks just don't seem to understand. Maybe, maybe Leon Rose and Worldwide West understand it, but it clearly does not translate to their coach who is still stuck in 1995. Preach that. But Quentin Grimes for me is, is the biggest second half breakout for me. And maybe that's just be, me being hopeful uh, more than me actually expecting it because why would I expect the Knicks to do anything the right way? Uh, the best acquisition who will be or who has been the best acquisition. I'll, I'll go first. I'll get it out of the way. If we're going <laughs> to say the same guy, fuck you. I'm glad I'm saying it before you can. Tyrese Halliburton. You stole him. It, that, that I personally think that will be the worst trade in NBA history. It, it might be. It just might be. It just might be, and there are go- there are going to be twenty eight other teams that are going to sit there and say, "How come we did not fucking do that?" Yeah, I, to Halliburton is special player, but I'm going to go with somebody off the buyout market. Goran Dragic, I think, was a big pickup for the Nets. Oh, I put a TJ Augustine. Oh, TJ Augustine. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think Goran Dragic. In terms of, well, to be honest with you, I didn't think about it like this, though. If if Kyrie is not cleared to play at, in home games, that will I'm not not like anything else would really matter. But I think Dragic, I, I'm talking more like low-key. Like, obviously, you know, you could say Tyree Talbert and James Harden, Ben yeah. Simmons. Sure. You know, I'm not going to say like Daniel Tice for the Celtics. or yeah. I'm Come just saying, now. though, in terms of actually impacting things, I also think the Nets also brought him in because they wanted to keep him away from Milwaukee. I think that's definitely plausible. Which Milwaukee had every opportunity to sign DJ Augustine too, and they didn't, which is a little weird because, yeah. you know. They, or, or they should have. Yeah. They should have. They need the guard help. Yeah. But, man, Dragic, we're here. It Just, I need KD back. Please get back, KD. Uh, Once you – the league – just watch, watch out. Uh, you Nets fans are all insufferable. Okay. Uh, one bold prediction for the rest of the year. Jake, you want me to go first? or You, you go, first. go first. I want to hear yours. It might be the okay. same. Go ahead. Uh, bold prediction for me. Nikola Jokic repeats as league MVP. All right. I'm going with two major markets here. I think either Frank Vogel or Tom Thibodeau does not last until the end of the season. Oh, I don't think that's bold at all. <laughs> I would probably say Vogel is more likely on the outs than Thibodeau, just because I think I'm the next season is done. Yeah. And I think the Lakers, if they're going to try and revive their season, they could have Vogel be the odd man out and try and bring in somebody else. But I think with Thibodeau, Thibodeau's probably safe until the end of the year just because the Knicks are just going to be done and, and, and out of it. I, I think the Knicks need a coach just real quick. I know we have to move on. I think the Knicks need a coach like uh, the Blazers have in Chauncey Billups, like Agreed. the Nets do with Steve Nash to a lesser. I mean, Nash, I have, my, I have my access to grind with him, but Nash has his perks. It's like getting Goran Dragic. They don't get Goran Dragic without Steve Nash. But the only issue that I have with that, I have with that, I, I, I think you're right. I, I think you're right. My only issue with that 
is Knicks fans are going to see any X player hired and they're immediately going to say up oh, Derek Fisher again. No, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think Fisher was the, was the right guy for that. It's a different team and a different little, yep. it, it's a different era of basketball too. Sure. Um, but you know, you, you think of guys that are, that, that could become coaches. Like let, let's just think off the top of our heads here. Obviously I think Jason Kidd made a lot of sense for them at one point, but obviously Jason that, Kidd was the one that's, that's not happening now, but just think of a guy like just spitball me in it. Like, I mean, he's on the net staff right now. How about Amari Stoudemire? Uh, that's what I was thinking in my head. I mean, how about how about a Tim Duncan? How about Tim Duncan? Yep. That, I think Tim Duncan, that was kind of like the guy in waiting in San Antonio. Now that I Becky so Hammond too. I think is in so WNBA. Too. I think so, too. More of a but, reason why I think if the uh, Nets don't have a great season, I, I'll keep saying it. Popovich, just saying. I mean, the, hey, if if the Nets are going to go, are, they're going to go ahead and fire Steve, Steve Nash <laughs> for Popovich. Take Steve Nash with the Knicks. You know, Stoudemire is interesting, though. I think Stoudemire would really ex- excite the fans because I think Nick fans have a lot of. Uh, oh, we love Amari Stoudemire. You we love, absolutely I feel like Nick love fans, Amari Stoudemire. Nick fans like Amari Stoudemire more than Carmelo Anthony, I think. Um. See, I don't. I, I love Carmelo. By the way, happy anniversary, by the way. Happy anniversary. 11 years ago today. Carmelo. Was the, Car- was the Carmelo Anthony trade? 11 you know years what? ago oh, today. Horrible day for my team. 11 years ago today, Darren Williams. <laughs> yeah. Enough said. Carmella. Horrible day. Carmella. Great guy. Great guy. I absolutely love, I absolutely love the man. But I think Knicks, Knicks fans are a bit more – they love Amari, and I, I love Amari because he was the first guy. He was the first guy to kind of, you know, you know join, join the Knicks – he was the first guy to you know start the start the trend of trying to make the Knicks cool again, but yeah, I mean if Amari Stoudemire came back, I, I I wouldn't have any issue with that. I would I, I sure sure, and I I'll keep slamming the desk and I, and obviously you know he's been out of the game for for a little bit, so and I think there's some history there that will probably have to be sorted out. But I'm still a big fan of his. If Kenny Atkinson wanted to come to the Knicks, I wouldn't mind that at all. Yep, I agree. He was a great coach. Yeah, he he is a great coach to me. And I just know that there was uh, there was some shit that happened with with Brooklyn towards the end, um, and the fact that he has not been hired yet is I don't want to say it's alarming or concerning, but it definitely is a bit of a head scratcher as to why. He hasn't gotten a second chance because I thought immediately that when he was fired from Brooklyn, that Atkinson was one of those guys that'd be back in a job in in a New York minute. So I, I really liked him. I I was I was upset when they got rid of him. I, I I will I will be honest here. I'm not you know I you I I, I was upset that they got rid of Kenny Atkinson. It just kind of stunk because like he got us to this point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he took over the nets when they had no first for him. It was like him and Sean Marks forever. You know what I'm saying? Like those two were joined at the hip. We all thought, and then they got rid of him. He got a raw deal. And I think I would recommend him for any team. Seriously. I would bring him. I would bring him on with the Knicks in a heartbeat heartbeat, especially if you want to coach with, with experience that can build a program, bring a bit of consistency and, and 
I know this is a, a, a foreign idea for the New York Knicks, is actually good with young players. Did a great job with the Nets young players. No, he no absolutely arguments did. there. Yes, yes. And the Knicks have a ton of them. A ton of them that cost them a lot. And won't have to play Todd Gibson anymore. Oh, please. Please, God, you sold me. You sold me there. Um, Okay. So, now it's time for the brand new segment to end the show. So, this is called Top 5. And we all know everyone loves lists. Lists are the best, aren't they? So, what we're going to do is we have a question where it requires a list. And we're going to get the top five things that fit the criteria for set list. It's an opinion based. So what we're doing today is the top five favorites to win the NBA championship. Now, of course, Jake and I can repeat answers. That is perfectly acceptable. This is not a Mount Rushmore where we could be exclusive to one. So we just each have our five choices and that is that so we'll start we'll start with five and then we'll work our way back to one so your number five for most likely to win the nba championship is who the miami heat miami heat okay my number five i went for the philadelphia 76ers Fair. That's that's my number four. 76ers at number four for you. I have gone for the Milwaukee Bucks at number four. Milwaukee Bucks at number three for me. Bucks at number three for you. I have gone with the Phoenix Suns at number three. At number two for me. It is the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets for me as well, which leaves the number one team. Jake, who is it? It's got to be the Warriors as of right now. Yep. As of of right now. I'm shocked that you you did not put the Phoenix Suns in there. I'm a little surprised. I I think the injury to Chris Paul being out six to eight weeks right before. I don't like that. I don't like that. I, you know, I don't like that at all for, for, for the Suns. And I don't know what the hell Chris Paul was doing playing in an all-star game when he's on the number two. I mean, my guy, are you kidding me? I'm like, what are we doing here? Agreed. Agreed. Um, Devin Booker is still there. So for me, that, that helps. Chris, Chris Paul is a big loss. We've seen that oh. same exact Phoenix Suns team with Devin Booker be a fringe playoff team before Chris yeah. Paul walked in the building. So, but yeah, I, I just think with Chris Paul being out so long, if he returns, which he probably will, that's right before playoffs. Is he really going to be ready to go? I'm to go. I'm just Chris Paul. So it's hard for me to imagine that he won't be, but if there's one thing physically, it's tough, man, to go right back into playing basketball and the most important games of the season. I'm going yeah, with absolutely. I'm going. I think the listen, they could be the fifth best team, but I just personally think it's either the it's the Warriors are going to the finals, regardless, in my opinion. I think that's a shoe in out of the West. Interesting. I don't I don't think it's a shoe in. I think I, I don't see anybody beating the but Warriors. They are the favorites. They when are they, the favorites. When, when they get back, they're getting back James Wiseman too. 
in March, yeah. along with Draymond Green. You yeah. already have, you know, Steph, Clay. That that finals, though, if it is – I mean, dude, how great of a, a run here as a Nets fan would it be, though, to play the Sixers in the conference finals and then play the Warriors – in the, be, in, uh, in, in, in the finals, Nets Warriors finals, I think, would do massive ratings, too. It would. What it's worth. It would. It would be very, a very exciting final. It would. I, I would enjoy it. But as of right now, though, the, the Warriors are one. But I need to see this Nets team on the floor. If, if I'm liking what I'm seeing here, they'll be number one. But I got to see it first. Gotta I believe first. we will. Got to see it first. Well, that is it for this edition of the Basement Talk podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the five-star review. Jake and I will be back next week. We'll be talking some more March Madness and then getting prepared to fill out our brackets. And then we'll be doing, I believe the plan is going gonna, is gonna to be, instead of doing a fantasy show the week of the, uh, the week of the selection show and then the opening tip, We'll be doing two Basement Talk podcasts. We'll be doing one, which is just a generic March Madness show where we just talk about a whole bunch of different things March Madness related. And then, of course, the, the Bracket Show, which is, of course, the most fun that, that we have because the Bracket Show is a ton of fun for all parties involved. Maybe we talk baseball next week. They agree to a deal by Monday. If they have a deal by Monday, then we can have some baseball to talk about. If not, if not, then we can just talk about how everyone sucks and baseball is, is just dead and buried and we're stuck in a COVID year again. Hooray. That's what we all want. And, and we're taking basement bets here. How many games will Bird watch of the New York Knicks for the rest of the season? Over, under, a half. The under is sitting at minus a million. Just, <laughs> you, might have to put, you might have to put the deed to your house just to win a cent. Just letting you know. Letting you know right now. So that is it. Jake, I'm Bird. Thank you very much for listening to the Basic Talk Podcast. And we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye.